1: Well, welcome back. As we head into Hour 2, it is a delight to bring on uh, the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, candidate for Congress here in Arizona, Anthony Kern, K-E-R-N. The story of knowing Anthony Kern um, came out of the free speech crisis at ASU where people were wondering what could be done about what went down there in the defamations of people like Dennis Prager and calling him a white nationalist and making it difficult to attend a T.W. Lewis Center event, hosting him and Robert Kiyosaki and others. And a few of us had the idea that ASU, being a public university, um, is subject to legislation. And we could write some and amend some legislation regarding uh, reforms at ASU. And we called two members of the legislature, one in the House and one in the Senate. The one in the Senate was the chairman of Judiciary, Anthony (laughs) Kern. And he said, I'm in. Let's get lunch and talk about it. And we did. And he took it to heart and took it to soul. And he's been doing great work on it. And it's been a pleasure getting to know him and work with him on issues of higher ed reform. So with that long welcome, Anthony Kern, welcome back to the show.
2: Thank you, Seth. Thank you so much for having me. You're a true patriot, and I appreciate all you do.
1: Well, you're a very kind man to say that, and um, I appreciate it. You are running for Congress. People can learn more about your candidacy at votekern.com, K-E-R-N. I want to talk to you about a piece of legislation you just got through the Senate, but before I do that, let me also mention a really cool event um, you're hosting called Heal Our Land, a benefit concert. Uh, supporting your campaign that'll feature uh, country musician Johnny Diaz, uh, aforementioned Robert Kiyosaki, myself, and some others. You want to say a, a little bit about this event? It's on March 9th.
2: Yes, uh, thanks, Seth. Yeah, March 9th, we have an event. Uh, it's going to kind of uh, begin the beginning of, uh, you know, a move to to balance out the need to have a moral foundation in the political world and the need to bring... You know, bring uh, Christianity, uh, you know, or Judaism, or, or religion, back into the government uh, sphere. So that's kind of why why we title this uh, uh, "Heal Our Land." It it uh, comes from a verse out of Chronicles um, that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, that God will heal our land, and that's what we really need. Uh, but uh, so Johnny Diaz is a, a great musician. He's got some uh, some bestsellers out there. We've got Robert Kiyosaki, uh, entrepreneur, author. Uh, Rich dad, poor dad, and we have the the one and only tremendous, one of the best, if not the best, the radio host
1: for <laughs> uh, you, You're so sweet, but couldn't you have said, and also another great singer and award-winning lyricist? <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. what I'm <laughs> right, you know, right, right.
2: The funny well, thing <laughs> we heard you saying, so I don't know.
1: By the way, I know, I know. My I'm producer did something kidding. to me on that. By the way, people can learn. Uh, more about that event at, uh, at uh, let's see, I have it up on my website. It's
2: kern, kernconcert.com. That's it, K-E-R-n-concert.com. kernconcert.com.
1: I clicked it and it took me to the event, I think, but it's kernconcert.com, K-E-R-N concert.com. Yes. Um. That's it, a funny thing about this business, Anthony Kern. I, um, you've known, no doubt, a lot of radio hosts over the years, talk radio hosts, um, and most of them came from being music DJs. Most of them came from music stations. You know, you're going to to people like that. They were all music record spinners and stuff like that, WKRP and Cincinnati types. I'm trying to go the other way. I started in talk. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to do music.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that works out.
1: All right. Um, thank you. We will. Probably not. Sure. Well, let's talk about this interesting piece of legislation that the Arizona Republic wrote up uh, today. Arizona passes, Arizona Senate passes bill to allow Ten Commandments in public school classrooms. And there you are as the sponsor ushering it through the Senate. Every single Democrat voted against it. What the heck is going on here?
2: Well, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that every Democrat voted against it. And they also, uh, if you would have heard their kind of their floor speeches when we had the, uh, quote, satanic bill Mm -hmm. or anti-satanic bill here on the floor, all of them were in favor of you know, allowing somebody to put the statue of Satan in our, sure. in our uh, Senate lobby. So Ten Commandments, uh, you know, it's an opt-in. Ten Commandments out, religion.
1: satanic worship in. Okay, that's okay. Right, exactly. Got it. Okay. I mean,
2: it's it's a, that's the ludicrous, you know, insanity that we have here at our own state capitol, much less Washington, D.C. So this bill just allows a teacher to uh, opt-in. It's not mandated. It's an opt-in to where if your teacher wants to teach our... Our foundation, which is basically the Ten Commandments, uh, that they're allowed to talk about the Ten Commandments in school without any repercussions from anyone out, you know, any, any, any organization or any school board or any, you know, school district. So they're free to do that. The U.S. Supreme Court recently ruled that uh, in favor of the uh, Coach Kennedy up in Washington State yep. that um, they were wrong for firing him for taking a knee, yep. and that opened up a plethora. Of, uh, of 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 pro pro freedom pro religion, uh, uh, sec, uh first amendment issues uh, that we are now allowed to talk about the Ten Commandments in school. A lot of teachers don't need don't know that this is a bill mirrored from what Texas just passed out of their legislature and signed into law. Now I highly I would be very shocked if our current governor would sign, you know, this bill. But I think it definitely opens up the discussion on the not only polarization of where we are as a country, but the need for our students to talk about, you know, religion, uh, the Ten Commandments. I I look at it as accountability. You know, if if you see a picture of the Ten Commandments, as a young person, my opinion is it says, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. You know, and and it kind of informs them that if you do, there's repercussions. There's a higher authority out there that one day you will stand before, and that's what to me that's what that's what it tells a young mind.
1: What 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 could the Democrats possibly be opposed to about this?
2: Well, I mean, right now teachers are allowed to say the Pledge of Allegiance. They're uh-huh. allowed to read the national model. Reall- right. The Democrats do not want. I we even had one Democrat say she does not want children hearing about God. Okay. Uh, and so, what they could, what they say is that you know uh, we don't want religion crammed down their throats, you know, uh, uh, you know this is no place. Schools are no place for a religion. We shouldn't be doing doing are, this. Are in they, the, do, in does the, she yeah.
1: believe that children should read books about uh, sexual behavior?
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. Okay. Because it opens their minds to sexual deviancy. Uh-huh. Uh You know, if a boy feels like he's a little girl, um, if a boy feels like he's a little girl. Uh, you know, it's okay to change their gender okay. uh, behind a parent's back, yeah. but, it, but God forbid you you talk about, you know... Anything well, even short of that, with,
1: it's okay for them to have books uh, assigned by the teacher to lead them through that discussion, evidently, but not right. the Ten Commandments. Right. Okay. okay, okay. Right. Okay. Um, well, it's an awfully weird thing for me to think that an entire... I mean, for us to be in a place where an entire party is opposed to having Ten Commandments in our schools, when they're in our courtrooms um, it's and in our legislatures. It's an odd thing to me, too. I was saying this before you came on, Senator Kern, that we need legislation for this. I mean, that just tells you how far down the path we've gone. But right. this would be a shock to our founders. It would be a shock yes. to them that we needed this legislation, Senator Kern.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pornography is free speech, but uh, the Ten Commandments are not. So... Um, so I mean if you you mentioned the the you know at the national level. Yep. Uh, if you've ever been to the Bible Museum, they actually put you on a ride <laughs> that takes you through all of the memorials, all of the all of the government buildings that have the word God. Yeah. Our Washington Monument at the top, our Ten Commandments at the Supreme Court. Uh, you know, our foundation is Judeo Christianity. So I'm sorry if they don't like that. Uh, but it's but we have seen we have seen what happens to a country when they take out you know, the, the religious value, values that we have, uh, you know, we, have, we were founded on. So our country's going down the wrong direction. We can all agree on that, both sides. But you have one side, the left side, the Democrats, want to sexualize our kids, want to allow, uh, you know, transgenders or, or biological boys to use biological girls' uh, restrooms if they want to, to be able to be called whatever pronoun they want to be called, but at, the, but at the same time, nothing to do with anything moral, any foundation of morality, nothing to do with the Bible, nothing to do with our history.
1: If uh, there is a and school trip, yeah. If there is a school trip to DC, and if parents are too or teachers are too nervous to go through the Bible Museum, just take them to the Lincoln Memorial, please. Uh, they will be greeted yep. by a word calling it a temple, and then they can read the entirety of the second inaugural address, which is short enough to be engraved on one of the walls that mentions God fourteen times and prayer three times. Let them do right. that, there Anthony you go. Kern. Right. I know. I know right. you probably but, got to run
2: if they had... Yeah, we're on the Senate floor okay. voting on bills, but I'm, I'm jumping in and out voting okay. on bills. But, but yeah, I mean, if, if, if they had it their way, they would remove all of that from our yeah. national monuments. You Look bet. what they've been doing.
0: You
1: bet. So it's
2: time we stand and fight, and that's why I'm running for Congress, because I'm a proven leader. So
1: Kernconcert.com, March 9th. We'll all yes. see you there. Go get him, Senator.
2: Thank you, Seth. You Appreciate betcha. you.
1: Absolutely. Bye. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, 602 960 is the number. That Keith Whitley song, my gosh, Miami, 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 it is such a good song. God, he was skilled.
3: Taken from us too young.
1: Way too young. How old was he, like 27 or 32? He was, I don't think he made it to 35. He was Lori Morgan's first husband. Many of you may remember Lori Morgan. She's still around. And um, he died from uh, acute alcohol poisoning or chronic alcohol poisoning. I'm not sure which. He was a massive alcoholic and just died too young um, from it. But my gosh, was he good. He he wrote maybe one of the best love songs of all time. You say it best when you say nothing at all. Do you know that song, Young David? Has I, have I sh- hmm. I th- I've shared that I with you. I probably have, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I've shared it with you. It's one of the most beautiful songs ever um there's about three in that category love songs the wedding song by paul stuckey god bless the broken broken road by rascal flats those those three would be up there but anyway i want to return to that piece of legislation that anthony kern sponsored um to allow teachers to display the Ten Commandments in the classrooms. Um, I have an idea for the name of a campaign. It's not original to me. We did this in DC years ago. Um, let's call the project Hang 10. Hang 10. Gives it a cool vibe. Hang 10. And it is interesting to me that a party, an entire political party, take this back to my monologue earlier, um, about, you know, what the parties believe, irrespective of the person who's the nominee at the head of it, think of a political party, an entire political party that has the, what's the word I want here, temerity? Is it temerity to say teachers can't display, schools can't display the Ten Commandments in their classrooms? What could possibly be the objection? Unless they hate the Judeo-Christian tradition. Now, all these other books that you cannot read on the public airwaves, you cannot read the text of these books at issue in some of these curriculum debates that Moms for Liberty has been involved in or Libs of TikTok or Ron DeSantis. They can't read the lyrics to these lyrics. They can't read the words in these books that we're talking about over the federal airwaves. Television shows, news, local news shows, and radio shows have had to turn away from these press conferences when we're talking about some of the filth that is being urged and encouraged to go into the classrooms of kindergarten, first and second and third graders. And there is a push for that. It's an ardent, heavy, strong, serious, puissant push to get the kids indoctrinated young and early. You've got to be Carefully taught to hate, got to get them when they're six or seven or eight, Professors Hammerstein and Rogers wrote, if I'm not mistaken. Don't do that song, young David. I know you're tempted to. Please don't do it. It's not good. I've already got better options. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) But the Democratic Party is against this, and I can't imagine why. So when we were doing this in D.C., here's a hint. One of the objections, and I think it was a faux objection, but one of the objections, an ersatz objection, how do you like that, Mark? An ersatz objection w- was that, well, there were, you know, different versions of the Ten Commandments, you know? The, the the Jewish version is a little bit different than a Protestant version, which might be a little bit different than a Catholic version. You know what our response is? Well, what? What? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, if there's numbering in some of the Some of it is a little bit different. I mean, that all ultimately—
3: So you mean, like, depending on which faith I am, murder might not be on the table? Well,
1: sometimes the numbering can be Because I tell you what,
3: sometimes! (laughs) I understand.
1: What was it W.C. Fields said? Do you know the story of what he said on his deathbed when he was reading the Bible and a friend walked in and said, My God, Mr. Fields, who knew you were reading the Bible? Why are you reading the Bible? Do you remember what he said? No. You don't? It's pretty funny. I'll hold you in suspense. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. I'll hold you in suspense. Looking for loopholes was his answer? Looking for loopholes. Anyway, the Dems, I guess, or the left, I guess, make the point that there are different faith tradition versions of the Ten Commandments. We had a perfectly rational response, Mister Bill. Can you guess it? Put them all up. Put them all up. No preference. Put them all up. Make everyone comfortable. The notion that schools can't have the Ten Commandments where courts and legislatures can't. The law given from Sinai was a civil and municipal as well as a moral and religious code. It contained many statutes of universal application, laws essential to the existence of men in society and most of which have been enacted by every nation which ever professed any code of law. I didn't say that. I repeated it. John Quincy Adams said that. And you can go on and on and on. I mean, what is it we're trying to hide from our kids here, honestly? Could they go to the Lincoln Memorial? Could they? It's called a temple. When you get there, it says, in this temple. That's the first word you see. It's called a temple. And yes, that second inaugural, it's pretty short as inaugural's Beaches go. Is it the shortest on record, young David? It might be. I don't know. The second inaugural of Abraham Lincoln is short enough to be engraved on one wall of the memorial, and it mentions God fourteen times and urges prayer thrice. Lee. What are we trying to hide from our kids? We know the answer to this. This is why the Pima Democrats, at the Pima Democrats, I think it was, um, in Tucson. Yeah, it's the Pima County Democrats, the second largest Democratic organization in the state, second to Maricopa County. They had a holiday on the 4th of July called F the 4th, except the word, the letter F had three more. Yeah, whatever, four more. It was a four-letter word they used. Yeah, it was followed by three other letters. They had an F the 4th celebration. The Senate Democrats during 2020. And the riots put out a tweet and a press release quoting Asata Shakur. Do you guys know who Asata Shakur is? Well, let's just say FBI most wanted terrorists. Let's just say hiding from the reach of American law as a fugitive from justice, we think in Cuba. Murder. Wanted for murder. Which was a violation of the law. That came from a violation of an even bigger law. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Lipsen Show. The folks at Midas Gold Group have told me the U.S. government, and the Fed, will have no choice but to eventually steer interest rates lower. Because if they don't, the current level of interest rates will bankrupt the nation, and there's no telling when that dam will break. But when it does, Midas wants to make sure you have flood insurance, in this case, gold. Call Midas Gold Group now. Look into the opportunities gold can provide you as a way to diversify your investments. Call 480-360-3000 or go to midasgoldgroup.com. Midas Gold Group is the nation's number one veteran-owned gold IRA firm. Protect your assets. Call 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Midas Gold Group. Always faithful. MidasGoldGroup.com. Speaking of inaugural speeches in Lincoln. Whew. Joe Biden last night at a gala. Have you seen the video of this? It's around. Black tie event. I think it was for a Senate election campaign. Um... He's standing in the White House in his black tie under a portrait of Abraham Lincoln. And um, this happens.
4: And, you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, the man behind me here, he uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right, he said, we, the better angel, he said, we must address the Council uh, and just the better angels of our nature, and we do and we do well to remember what else he said. He said we are not enemies, but we're friends. It's the middle. It's the, in the part of the Civil War. He said we're not enemies, but we're friends. We must not be enemies.
1: I um, I've never heard such a butchering. But lest you feel like okay, well, how many people do you know that can? recite Abraham Lincoln's speeches and quotes off the top of their head. He had it written on a card in front of him he's reading from. You heard him say it, and you can see he has it written in front of him.
4: And you know, uh, stand here in front of this portrait, of the man behind me here, he, uh, he said, and I want to make sure I get the quote exactly right, he said, we, the better angel, he said, we must address the Council of... Uh, and adjust the better angels of our nature, and we do and we do well to remember what else he said. He said we're not enemies, but we 're friends it's the middle this is the, in the part of the civil war.
1: We have to adjust the better angels of our nature is I think how he ended up giving that to us um, what he or any better person would have done in quoting the sacred language there is what Lincoln said actually or wrote actually we are not enemies but friends we must not be enemies though passion may have strained it must not break our bonds of affection the mystic chords of memory stretching from every battlefield and Patriot grave to every living heart and heart all over this broad land will yet swell the chorus of the Union when again touched as surely they will be, by the better angels of our nature. To butcher that is damnable. But it's also absurd for him to be saying we're not enemies but friends. We must not be enemies. This is the man who condemns Republicans as threats to the Constitution, as extremists. It could not be coming from the mouth of someone less serious about the words he is uttering. He lives in an alternative reality, and he can't read plain wording in front of him on a card in his hand, which makes you wonder about what he can process when people give him other things to read that are important or so important he has them written out to read in his hand. Doesn't it make you ask that question? Makes me ask that question. This is a man who, as I have said, could not pass a red flag law to own a gun and could not pass a driver's exam to drive a car but he's responsible for our foreign policy national defense and he can have access to the nuclear codes make you feel good do you have me singing this one too young david
3: do you want to stry- no, try no no
1: but it sounds like the kind of thing <clears throat> i would be singing and you'd be taping when i'm not paying attention
3: anytime anytime uh, you want to give it a try no yeah. i think
1: anthony Put the kibosh on that, uh, as did you. Speaking of um, a little bit of uh, fun and uh, Bible and biblical verses, you tried a new church and you said someone recognized you there from the show? Yeah?
3: <laughs> so I, it's not that I just tried it. I've been going to this church, oh, okay. I would say, about two months now. Oh, okay. And since early January. I was introduced to a couple at the church yesterday by somebody I had met at the church two weeks ago. Uh Uh-huh. And this man says, "Well, here's David. he's a nice young man and he's involved in radio and conservatism and he's got he works on 960 The Patriot, and the gentleman whom I was being introduced to goes, "Are you young, David?" Oh, that's great." And I said, "Well uh, yeah, you know I, I don't know that I'm that uh, you know that as naive as that name sounds, but yes, that's me. <laughs> there's,
1: there's nothing naive about young David. It's merely a chronological statement.
3: So does that mean? And he said this: the person that I was being introduced to by a the a child
1: shall lead them. Is
3: that not in the Bible <laughs> that they preach and teach over there? This this gentleman said, if if Seth calls you young David, you should call him old Seth.
1: No, 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 <laughs> no, no, I, no, no, because I'm not old. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just middle. I'm Seth in the middle. The Africans call me Seth in the middle. But we have in the no, middle.
3: But no one. Uh, hmm? Oh my goodness. Yeah,
1: Seth in the middle is my nickname. Uh,
3: Seth, in the middle there was an of
1: important you. point I was going to make. Oh well. Anyway, okay. So anyway, you want to put in a word for the church or leave it alone for now? It's up to you. Oh,
3: well, I'm happy to talk I mean, whatever about whatever it. you it's want. It's a really nice church. They've been very welcoming to me, and I've started going there. And so, anybody else that would like to follow in my footsteps, if you will, I would encourage you to try Valley View Bible Church off of Lincoln on Sundays at ten thirty. Okay.
1: And thus. Concludes our ecclesiastical moment on the Seth Leibson show for the day. Ecclesiastical—that's a good word. You want a good? You want a mouthful of a quote? It's a great line. Bill taught it to me, uh, Bennett, years ago. It comes from an old scholar, old uh, philosophy scholar. He said, "Political freedom—I'll get it exactly right. If you could pay, pay, uh, bear, bear with me, political freedom." Is the residual legatee of ecclesiastical animosities? You like that? Political freedom is the political freedom is the legatee of is the legatee of ecclesiastical animosities. Is the residual legatee of ecclesiastical animosities? Political freedom is the is the uh, residual legatee of ecclesiastical animosities. To unpack that actually kind of does relate to the Ten Commandments, though. Now that I'm thinking about it, political freedom, in the quote from this political philosopher, is the result of, you know, fights between claims of religion and the legacy we have from it that led to, obviously, our disestablishment of it in our own founding, thus creating, as Harry Jaffa put it, the best regime. It was that um and that not alone, but that more importantly than any other, that is the um residual legatee, the you know, the, the foundation now, the inherited foundation of the ecclesiastical fights, fights between fades that we said at our founding. We're not going to be taken aside on. Yes, sir. You have a question.
3: That's all well and good, but what exactly does ecclesiastical mean in the first place? Oh, you
1: know what ecclesiastical means.
3: Um You're the son of a preacher man. So Dusty
1: Springfield would say. You know what it means? It's a, There's a book in the Bible and the Torah about it. Right? Ecclesiastical it has to do with uh, the theological hierarchies. More or less.
3: Relating to the Christian church or its clergy.
1: Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Did you never read the book of Ecclesiastes?
3: Of course I've read it. Yeah. Whether or not that would relate to... That's part the of the thing. Of when the term, you see a word you don't know, thing. you should look it up. Honestly, why, why is this so hard? Why would I look it up when I have Seth that I could ask?
1: Because you've gone through now 25 years of life in purblind ignorance that you didn't have to. Ouch! <laughs> how,
3: many years, uh, how many years have you lived uh, lived life in? Uh... What? I don't know where I'm going with this. You said that I've lived life in ignorance. How many years have you lived life in the truth?
1: Um, it's a fair question because.
3: By the way, you play it all the time. You play that song
1: to everything. Turn, turn, turn. You play it all the time. That's from the Book of Ecclesiastes. <laughs>
3: turn, turn, turn for everything. Yes, a of
1: course. A time for war and a time for peace.
3: A dance. You
1: should know that word. Um, well, it relates to the Bob Dylan theory, doesn't it? Um, that I was so much older than I'm younger than that now. I did think I used to know everything. I did. I think a lot of us who get to the middle realize that, if you will, that we thought we knew more than we did. The older we get, the less we know is kind of the concept here. Um, In things probably that matter the most. That's a very Socratic
3: idea. Yeah,
1: I think things that matter the most. And what you have to be to be an informed human being or an informed citizen, what you have to be is inquisitive. What you have to be is open to hearing someone that may disagree or have a different point of view than you. You have to be open to it. I'd never have been a conservative if I wasn't. Never. Because I thought I knew it all when I was 19 or whatever. I never would have found Harry. I never would have found Bill. I never would have found the great teachers I had the opportunity to learn from and work with and for. You have to be... To be an informed citizen, you have to be inquisitive, intellectually curious, and willing to listen to something you may not agree with, along with the very first rule of politics. You know what it is? Not everyone will be agreeing with you. Not everyone will be agreeing with you, which gets you back to the importance of our founding and the notion of equality, which means a lot in our Declaration of Independence. But one of the things it means is, of course, one man, one vote, but also accepting the results of an election because we only yield our power, despite what those idiots at MSNBC think. We only yield our inherent natural rights based on the notion of consent of the governed. We consent to be governed by the votes of our fellow citizens. And you can't have consent without equality. There. Put that up next to the Ten Commandments in a classroom. It'll be equally confounding. Though, you know what? There was a time when it wouldn't have been. Portions of this show brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then dot com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24. They have an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you get a monthly statement with no surprises. There are absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principal. If you ever need your money back, you can turn your income on or off, compound it, whatever you like. But best of all, you can earn up... Up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed. If the vicissitudes of the market and the Fed are of concern to you, rest easy with yrefi Check them out, com. All right, can I do the Phil McGraw with the ladies of The View? Do I have time? I have, I think, the time.
2: One of the things is social media. So you say you're not the only voice in your kids' ears, so you have to be the best voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain that.
5: Well, Think about it, in like 08, 09, smartphones came on and and kids started, they stopped living their lives and started watching people live their lives. Mm. And so we saw the biggest spike and the highest levels of depression, anxiety, loneliness, and suicidality since records have ever been kept. Mm. And it's just continued on and on and on. And then Mm -hmm. COVID hits 10 years later, And the same agencies that knew that are the agencies that shut down the schools for two years. Who does that? Who takes away the support system for these children? Who takes them away and shuts it down? And by the way, when they shut it down, they stopped the mandated reporters from being able to see children that were being abused and sexually molested. And in fact, sent them home and abandoned them to their abusers. With no way to watch, and referrals dropped fifty to sixty percent. So it was also
4: a yeah. pandemic. Yeah, going on was, they were trying to save. They kids were trying kids to life. save oh, kids' yes. lives. Oh. Remember, we know a lot of folks who died. Do you? During this, so it wasn't people weren't laying Not around eating children. bond. Not by school, school well, children. Well, you know what? We're lucky. Maybe we're lucky they didn't because we kept them out of the 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 places that they could be sick.
1: remember, the homes were the places of worst transmission. Okay, Whoopi, remember that
4: no one wanted to believe we had an issue are you saying no school children died of covid
5: i'm saying it was the safest group they were the less vulnerable group and they suffered and will suffer more from the mismanagement of covid than they will from the exposure to covid and that's not an opinion that's a fact
1: listen to the applause that's how you do it that's how you do it yeah Good on you, Dr. Phil. I'm going to check out his new book. I'm going to try and get him on the show. What a good man. All right, David, you got to start the music, brother.
3: It's it's there. Okay. It's just faint. We'll be right back. Unless you prefer to sing it. No, thank you.